My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. There's a lot of good cruises out of Iowa. I don't know if you know. I talk with those who make their livelihood from entertainment. And I want to be a cobbler. Oh, good. Yeah, like Daniel Day-Lewis, I think. Special thanks to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. And 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 Disc Golf. Artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. We could never define making it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Is it? Email me your questions, your suggestions, your complaints, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, nuns, animals, you know, all sorts of ethnic, ridiculous things. Rating the show in iTunes, giving me a review on iTunes, even becoming a fan of facebook.com slash living the dream podcast helps me out a bunch i'd really appreciate it i'll say i'm a comic actor writer this is episode number 33 longtime veteran stand-up comic jeff harms living the dream my name is rich i have with me stand-up comedian jeff harms the very funny man thank you very much for coming on the show thanks for having me uh you've been in the business quite a long time long time yeah. uh, according to the uh bio of you on the ship 1979 yeah 1979 yeah that's got, amazing it, well you know i mean when you're a certain age you you look back and you go that's not amazing it's just <laughs> what time does you know i don't know uh is 1979 like the first time that you got on stage or is it the first time you got a paycheck no no i did well i did i did theater in high school and stuff uh-huh. and what happened was i went to graduate school at University of Denver oh, uh, for theater and I and I got my master's in 79 it's when I kind of went out into the world uh-huh. and started to do some theater here and there and then and started doing an improv group sketch group oh, and then some stand-up right in that area so that's I kind of look at that year as kind of my earmark the year yeah. be- you became an entertainer the year I became a paid entertainer. There, yeah. well, there yeah, it is. That's cool. the name cool. of the game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. In addition, I mean, I know he's a stand-up comedy yeah. comic, but uh, you know, you've you also have a fairly impressive. Uh, you've got TV credits and movie credits. Yeah. Well, and... I did. You know, I did. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I was in Denver during a time when there was a lot of. Um, the, there was just a lot of stuff going on in Denver as far as uh, as far as taping. The, the, we had the diagnosis murder and the Father Dowling mysteries and the new Perry Masons and a lot of commercials. And uh, <laughs> Viacom was actually headquartered there for a long time. Oh no kidding! Yeah, and so uh, there and and Denver was the headquarters of that region for SAG and AFTRA for the unions, oh. like for Utah, New Mexico, Nevada, in that area. Huh. So Denver was the headquarters. So. Yeah, there was a lot of theater and a lot of commercials going on and stuff. Yeah, and a lot of voiceover. I did a lot of voiceovers. Wow, yeah. I, I don't think uh, I think of all the cities, uh, major cities in the U.S., Denver would not be anywhere in my top ten of like, yeah, you can make a living as an actor in Denver. Well, yeah, you, you know, you got the Denver Center Theater Companies. There's very prestigious uh, uh, regional theater. That's where I got my equity card. Perfect. Um, uh, there and stuff. But then they had a real uh, funky thing happen. Um, I don't know if it was in 84, 88, or whenever it was. Uh, they had a thing called Amendment 2. I don't know if you heard about it. No. And it was put, and basically what it did was it outlawed uh, homosexuality in Den- in Colorado. It was <laughs> like, it, I mean, it, no, no, it was serious. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was, but it was like a reversed wording is like, if you vote for something, if it, it made it look like if you voted no, that you were voting yet, it was very, and it got overturned by the Supreme Court, wow. but it was basically, if you, if you didn't look, if you weren't straight, white and male, you were sentenced to be round up and made into Soylent Green. And so what happened was... <laughs> awful. But what happened was, as a result of that, a lot of Hollywood pulled away from Denver. Uh, you know, we had the new airport going up in Denver, and the old airport, Stapleton, there was talk that a Hollywood studio was going to use the hangars 
uh, for like sound stages and the show uh, Frasier, which took place in Seattle, yeah, was yeah. going to be in Denver. Oh no, kidding! And then they just said, "No, we're not." And so it really hurt Colorado for about 10, 12 years. Wow. Yeah, it's a weird story, but it's true. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to get heavy on you. No, but, that's. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. I, I yeah. did not know about that. Yeah. Uh, so have you been Denver-based basically your whole adult life? I've been Denver-based, yeah, pretty much. I, I went to Florida when I was 16, went to undergrad, University of Florida, went out to grad school. I took a th- We took a, like a three-year hiatus uh, went down to Florida again. My my uh, my family's down there, and we uh, we bought a couple of houses, which was a really good move in two thousand five. Uh, so <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, that's another story. But yeah, so but basically, so yeah, I've been in Colorado since I was twenty three. Wow. Yeah. Do you consider yourself uh, a stand up? Who acts, or an actor who does stand-up, or both? Well, you know, I, I just consider myself a comic. You know, to okay. tell you the truth, I mean, I, I've, I've done some, I've done serious theater, I've done musicals and all that. I don't consider myself so much as an actor anymore. I don't really do. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be cast in stuff and play roles, but I don't. I'll say I'm a comic actor writer. You know, that's kind of the catch-all. But that's those. Comic writer, actor, I would say, are the three things that I do yeah. mostly. And I do some teaching, you know, workshops and stuff. Sure. But I don't, there was a time, I started as an actor, and I always wanted to be an actor, but I comedy just veered me toward it more, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there uh, a particular incident where you were like, oh, I'm, I'm more of a stand-up? Or... Not really. I, I, there was more work, you oh, know. Well. I mean, it really was. I mean, you'd, you'd audition for a play, you'd get in or not. And then if you got in, you'd, do, you'd rehearse and then do a play for three weekends. In comedy, I was, at the time, that was the comedy boom in the U.S. was really hitting. Yeah. And so I started going, like, for a Monday night, doing a five-minute set, to doing a set Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, sometimes Sunday. I mean, literally, I was working seven nights a week doing wow. shows. So I was able to be bad, really fast you know what i mean you know like you could just like a lot of you know i mean i was just doing one-nighters in bars all over colorado and so i was i was afforded the opportunity to do to get my uh to kind of get my feet under me before the enough people knew i i sucked well fair you know? that's i mean you know fool, yeah fool them if you can yeah uh you you mainly do cruise ships now yeah uh, when did that start that's right about 15 years ago uh-huh. uh, my best friend's name is Ralph Achilles he's a comic and he, he he's uh, Ralph interesting the way things happen in careers Ralph was a folky he's a bit older than I he uh-huh. was an old folk singer guy he, okay, had, yeah. he had a group and then that died and you know the folk scene so then right. he started he bridged he was always kind of the funny one in the folk group and he became a, he went into comedy using music as his base and then just became a really great comic he started doing ships in about 88 and i tried to get in and sending this and sending that and i just wasn't getting any bites there was an agent out of iowa of all places who i'd done who i had done <laughs> Because there's a lot of good cruises out of Iowa. I don't know if you know. Well, I've worked them myself. Small but. ships. <laughs> you work the pond. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, it's a half-hour cruise. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, but this guy called me one time, 
And he said, uh, what are you doing next week? And I hadn't talked to Ken in about five years. We had done a few of his clubs. I go, I don't think I'm booked. He goes, you want to try a ship? I said, yeah, try a ship. And that's so they sent me to the, the Norwegian Star, which isn't the old Norwegian Star. It was like a small ship. And I tried it for a week. Wanted to know how I did. Two weeks later, they called and said, would you like to try another week on another ship? And so that was 15 years ago, and I've been working ever since on ships. Wow. It just kind of... Just keep it just going. Ca- just kind of happened, yeah. Uh, at, like, at some point, because I know the boom obviously died, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, did, did the ships help take over where the clubs were lacking? Yeah, the ships... I think the ships... Um, I, no, I, here's what I think the ships did. The ships gave the opportunity to some of us who'd been doing it a while, mm-hmm. who were getting a little tired of the club scene. I see. You know, I did, well, I started in one-nighters, and then I went to clubs. And by the time I was about 40 years old, I had done clubs for like, you know, 12, 13 years. Sure. And the thing is that there was also a movement where a lot of club owners would literally ask can you be dirtier i'm doing a late night we've got z103 coming in for the 12:30 show with you know you know captain and the otter and they're going to do a remote you know you know what I'm, you know what i'm talking about these guys absolutely and so the, you know they'd come in this guy you know and and there's nothing but you know dirty jokes and, and drinking and all and that's great and fine sure but yeah. there comes a point where you go i just don't want to do this you know yeah and then the ships came along and i and they said can you work clean and i said i'd love to work clean you know and so that's it kind of and i've i've done clubs since but it's nice that i don't have to yeah. uh but it was a necessary it was a really good thing for a long long time sure and i i, I have a great fondness for clubs but now it's like you know, the, a lot of these audiences, they want to see 25, 26-year-old people. You know, well, they, they get that from TV. Yeah. You know, so, Being that you have had such a career, you know, you've, mm-hmm. you've made a living uh, for 31 years. Yeah. And, and all, like, have, has it gotten to the point where you look back and you go, well, there's, are there still big milestones you have left to do? Like, I, I really want this goal. Or something like that. Well, I never had a go- uh, the goals that I had when I started were are were mi- the kind of misguided goals. I think I, I I remember people who I knew then and and who I was a part of the group, and it would be like I can't wait to make it. You know, I can't wait to make it. And the problem was that we could never define making it (laughs) you know what i mean is it becoming famous is it becoming rich you know is it becoming whatever i remember someone at you remember that show night court sure and someone asked harry anderson who was on that played the judge on night court he's a really great club magician and somebody said to him this was like in 1986 or 7 and they said how does it feel to finally make it in showbiz and he goes i was making fifty four thousand dollars a year in clubs man i'd already (laughs) made it yeah you know it's just the 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 level of making it. Yeah. So what I'd like to do now is I really am. I, I've I've really gotten into my writing. Okay. Uh, I've written two. I've written a screenplay and I've written a, uh, a pilot for a sitcom. And I really want to work on those and 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 polish those and you know see where that takes me. Well, and you're so. also an author because you have a book. I have a book. It's called Show Me the Funny. It's how to find humor in everyday life. It's kind of a handbook if you want to learn how to tell jokes better, advice. Wow. It's not so much for comics, 
uh, it's rudimentary. It's more for comic wannabes or people who want to dip their toe in and see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. To complete civilians. Who just complete civilians, yeah. Construct a joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do a whole analysis of how take my wife, please, is the perfect joke. There you go. Well, yeah. So. It's, a good, it's a good joke. Yeah. Uh, do you, speaking of that, do you get people come up to you a lot and go, hey, I got this thing. You should do this in your act. I got this joke yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually the foulest thing you've ever heard in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it has to do with bondage, <laughs> uh, nuns, animals, you know, all sorts of ethnic ridiculous things. And, and it's always capped with... You can use that. You can, hey, you can take that <laughs> you if you can, want. Yeah, you can take that. Don't if even you have want. to give me credit. Yeah, that's yours. Oh man, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, <a> random Christian. <laughs> yeah, messenger. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it like um, when you work on cruise ships? Because you have a family. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Is it hard to be away from them for so long at a time? Yeah, I mean, it is hard. Um, my wife, I met her as when I was teaching comedy. I was teaching a couple of uh, a stand-up course and an improv course, and she was one of my students. So she's a performer herself. She's mm -hmm. a really great actress and and was a great stand-up, but didn't love stand-up. She loves acting. She loves the that side of it. Sure. But anyway, she understands it. And the nice thing is, with the high-tech world we're in, even on a ship, as you know, you can, you know, email and, you know, make some phone calls and stuff like that. But sure. it's it's tough, but I'm, I am... I'm fortunate in that I, d I don't do those four and eight and nine month contracts. I do, uh, like last summer I did three months and then I was home for two. Nice. And I've been here five weeks and I'll go home tomorrow actually for two weeks and I'll go to another ship for 10 days. And So yeah. I bounce around. So yeah, it's tough. I mean, but it's, if you're going to be an entertainer, you're going to travel. I mean, yeah. it's that simple. I think I was in a sports broadcasting class in college, and they were like, you want to be a sports broadcaster? Yeah. Don't ever have a holiday with your family. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's the life we live. Yeah, I mean, I've missed July. I mean, I, the only holiday I'll never do is I'll never be gone at Christmas. I always promise that. Oh. But I've missed Thanksgivings. I've missed July 4th. So no, I mean, we've all done that. Of you course. Know, but it just, it's part of what it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so to your TV credits, uh, yeah. You've like worked with some big names in TV, mm -hmm. like Dick Van Dyke, and yeah, I worked with Dick Van Dyke. I um, uh, who just did you see? He just got married. I did not. Yeah, he's eighty-six years old. <laughs> it's not a joke. He's eighty-six. He married a woman forty. Well, I mean, hello, uh, you know. Um, so that so uh, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I did. The, the, there was a show called Diagnosis Murder, and he was a uh, a doctor. Yeah. Who solved murders? And why not? Yeah, because he's. Got some free time. And it's very realistic. You know, it's like Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Remember Murder, She Wrote? Sure. Angela Lansbury. She's yeah. a novelist who writes about murders, and there's a murder in her town every Isn't week. amazing? Yeah, how about this? How about move away from where Angela Lansbury lives? <laughs> it's a terrible town. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I auditioned for, uh, I almost got, there was a role that uh, was a, a regular a regular series role on that show. Oh, like yeah. Hospital Administrator. And I got a call from my agent. And said, "Boy, you did something at that audition. It's up between you and this other guy nice. for this lead." And they were casting it, and I almost got the lead, or the third. It was the third or fourth male lead in the show. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that they, Dick Van Dyke's son was also in the show, and they felt that our our coloring and features were too similar. We kind of gray hair, older, yeah, yeah. you know. And so they went with this guy 
named uh, his name is Michael Tucci. Mm. And uh, if you remember the movie Grease, he played one of those guys. But he's curly, black hair, kind of short, nebbishy. Yeah. And uh, they they went with that look. But that so so as a result, they gave me a really nice role on one of the episodes. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so I did that. Did, did a few things like that. Yeah. After um, doing a few roles and and on camera, mm-hmm. did it ever? cross your mind to go you know what i want to do more of this i'm gonna to move to la or something like that yeah sure it did yeah but but I, it never but I, it never not that much you know i have three kids and they were all uh, at the time relatively young my youngest is 17 she's uh-huh. graduating high school this year and she probably go away to college and so um then you know my wife and i'll be kind of free to maybe explore and do some of that stuff too i also go to school when i'm home so my yeah. yeah my school is headquartered out of pasadena so i'd have to go there anyway for a year or two and finish up my coursework so nice yeah you just do everything what don't you do uh pole vault okay well yeah. and uh there's I, time and 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 disc golf if, if dick van dyke can get married at 86 you can learn how to pole vault that's true yeah i'm, I'm not at all worried about that yeah uh was there ever a time? Was there ever a time in your life where something competed with entertainment, where you were like, you know what, I, mm. I do want to be a comic actor, but I also want to be a blank. Well, you know, I was a teacher. I was a high school teacher oh. in the early '80s, and there was a choice that I had to make. I mean, because I had started comedy in '79, but I was teaching, and so um, and in 1984, it was like a it push came to shove thing because I was working a lot, I was working every night, and then I was teaching every day. And in 84, I, was, I wasn't I was yet 30, so I thought, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna resign from teaching full-time and go into co- comedy full-time, and I'll wow. give it five years and see what happens. So I look back, and I, I have no regrets, mm. but there's times I look back and I go, you know, I would have retired <laughs> last year or two years ago with, you know, full benefit, you know, I mean, sure. I, but I would, but I wouldn't have also seen what I've seen and met who I've met. And Absolutely. Yeah. So there were times. And then I took one time in the late 80s, I was kind of like, you get discouraged and all that. And I took the law school test, LSAT. Sure, yeah. And I took that as I was thinking of maybe going into law school. Wow. And then um, I did okay. And, and then I just said, no, nah, just, I'll just stick with this. You know. Are you going to school now because you want to like explore other career or just for fun? Or? I'm going to seminary. I go to Fuller Theological Seminary. It's out of Pasadena, but they have satellite campuses. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I've always been fascinated with uh, the Christian faith and with the history of religion and um, what they call the exegesis of um, the texts and all that and yeah. I was offered when I was a teenager someone a minister came and approached me about it and I, I said no I kind of ran away from it yeah and then I actually applied to talk about another thing I applied one uh, well 20 years ago and got accepted in another play and then did didn't and then I just about a couple of years ago there's something just got in me and I and I met a man on a plane then I met another guy and they all had these like there was this little thread of stuff uh-huh. that was like going this doesn't feel coincidental to me yeah so I applied and I got in and what happened which was really cool was this one that I was looking at this seminary happens to be uh, the biggest ticket buyer every year at the Sundance Film Festival huh and they have a, a, a one of their degree programs specializes in theology and the arts Interesting. and I thought this is perfect for me yeah and so that's what I'm doing 
Wow. And it just really, it just, ha- you know, it was just like, it happened. That's amazing. Yeah, so I, it's neat because I do like these weekend intensive courses, and then I can come out on a ship for a few weeks and do all my coursework here. Yeah. I'll download stuff and finish, write papers and things like that. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm going to maybe go, I'll probably wind up going to Pasadena for a year or two and taking these these specialized, these, uh, you know, focus courses, major courses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's and, cool. And then and then you'll learn to pole vault. And then uh, and I'm going to do pole, pole, pole vaulting. And I want to be a cobbler. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, like Daniel Day-Lewis, I think. Oh, okay. Didn't I, he I quit? Thought, become you could cobbler. make a peach cobbler. That'd be lovely. That would be <laughs> neat. It would be, uh, it, it, you could only wear it once. Oh, sounds, sounds so tasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you, so you made the decision when you're teaching yeah. to go full time. Mm-hmm. Was there, was the first couple of years a little scary about like, oh, I'm living on SpaghettiOs kind of thing? Or was you just pretty much um, into it? No, because by then I'd kind of been semi-established. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew enough people to call, you know, and actually what kept me from, what happened was I was turning down work. Wow. I was getting called, can you do this club, do this club, do this club. Uh, it wasn't because I was any good necessarily, <laughs> but it, but there was, you know, there weren't a lot of us back then. You know, I started in Denver, there were like nine comics. Yeah. And, you know, and then it just grew exponentially. But I was in that kind of first fr- first tier. Yeah. You know, with uh, Roseanne uh, Barr and people like that. Wow. And so, yeah, so I was, I by the time it, you know, it really blossomed. I was luckily in, kind of in the middle there. Nice. Yeah. Was there ever a point where someone, like, who was either contemporary of you or mm-hmm. maybe even came after you out of that area that kind of hit famousness that you, like, either worked with or anything like that? Well, like Roseanne. You used to work with her? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she she actually babysat my son. No kidding. Yeah. My son Chris is twenty, going to be thirty in May. Uh, yeah, Roseanne used to babysit. I knew Roseanne. Yeah, we, we I knew her, and I, I've got friends like uh, uh, my friend Matt Berry, who's a producer on Desperate Housewives. He was also on Ellen. Grace Under Fire was executive producer, writer. Wow. A guy named Reed Harrison wrote uh, um, uh, Simpsons. Oh wow! Uh, a guy named Aaron Shore, who was was a big. Do you see his name all the time on The Office? One of the writers. Yeah. There. I work with John Regi, who's one big. Big guy on Thirty Rock. I mean, you see those names. You worked with, That's awesome. you know. Yeah. Does really I? Cool. I assume knowing you as I, I don't even know you that well, but like you do not seem like the type that would get jealous. I bet you were just happy for those people. But oh sure. Did it, did it ever occur to you to be like, ah, oh, I wish I'd had that writing yeah. job? Or oh something. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've never wanted to be a staff writer per se, a sitcom staff writer. I think it would be a great job. Sure. But it's not something that I've. Um, that I've aspired to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone offered it to me, I would take it. But you know, I would rather. But and it and it's and it's part of the stepping stone thing. You know, it's part of the. You know, you become a staff writer, then you become a producer, then exec, whatever. Yeah. A showrunner mm-hmm. or anything. I would rather kind of create the the show idea and and guide it. Sure. You know, than than just join a staff and say, you know. Joni and Chachi and Billy and Stevie, these are the characters. Oh, I would do it, but of course. You know, it's not my goal. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so. Given that, uh, like, you, you do mostly cruise ships now, when yeah. you go back on land, uh, is there a lot of land work, or have you kind of made yourself pretty much predominantly cruise ship? Uh, well, I get calls. I mean, I just got a call a couple of days ago. I'm doing a show in um, 
uh, this third coming Thursday in Central City, Colorado. It's a it's a one of the casino towns. Nice. Uh, it's, uh, and I'm going to be working with Joe Piscopo from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> I got a call. I'm going to work. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to work with him. Uh, and then I got a call for another like so, uh, I get like country club jobs, you know, like sure. uh, you know after dinner convention, those kinds of things. I'll get. You know, maybe ten a year, twelve a year, sometimes. You That's know, enough. yeah, it's fine. That's it's a, fine. You have like you're so comfortable with your living that just like blows me away. I feel like most people I interview are like, yeah, I've got this, but then I don't know where my next gig's coming. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where my next, you know, when my next ship's coming. But you know, I mean, I've been after a while. I, how you know, how how old can you can you get before you give up that worry? You yeah, know, you just have to go. You know, I, I've been doing it long enough that things come my way. Things sure. happen. Nice. And, and, and it does for everyone. That's why I think you said, you know, like, I'm not competitive. Yeah. Because there's no there's no point in it for me. Totally. You know, yeah. I mean, I hear, oh, I'm not, how did he get that ship? You know, that we, I'm, I used to be like that. We were all like that. How did he get booked on that? How did he get to Tonight Show? How did he get Letterman? And now it's like, he got Letterman? That's great, man. Nice. Oh, that's great. He's he's on that ship. Well, that's neat. How's he doing on there? I hope he's doing all right. You know. And so you know, I, I, I life's too short. You know. So totally fair. Yeah. Um, if fifteen year old kid came up to you and said, Jeff Harms, yeah, I want to do what you do. Yeah. What do you tell him? Where are your parents? Where? <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> why are you? Why are you here? Where? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, I'd say that'd be great. I'd say get a notebook and a little hand tape recorder and every idea that comes into your mind, start writing them down and or or talking about them. Yeah. And you know, basic the basic rule of comedy is is to talk about what you know. Sure. You know, who are you? Where are you from? Who's around you? Who are your friends, family? What do you like? What don't you like? That's what you talk about. So, you know, fifteen year old kid's gonna have a different viewpoint. Than a twenty-five-year-old or a thirty-five or forty-five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't discourage anyone from being a performer. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know that. Sure. I mean, it's not it's not an easy gig. <laughs> I mean, people think, oh, it's so easy. You live on a cruise ship. Really? You ever have you, have you watched the Kardashians thirty times on the one channel? <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, it and you're alone, and there's times where you're just you can't get in touch, and you just sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade it. But, yeah, I would say that's what I would say. And I would say wait till you're old enough and find. I always tell people, are there comedy clubs anywhere near where you live that have amateur nights and new talent nights? And that's what you try to do. Totally. Yeah. Uh, in a, a world where I took away the ability to make money off entertainment. Yeah. Uh, would you go back to teaching? I would possibly go back to teaching. I would... Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would pursue. Yeah, I would probably teach. I'd pursue my writing more. Um, just, just writing. I like to write. Uh, you mm. know, that's just, it's just something that I've, I've learned to really like doing. Um, but that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, teaching. Um, you know, I don't know at fifty-seven years old if I, I'm, I'm not high. I'm not going to go into Microsoft. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to go into Google and get a gig. You know, so it's it's teaching, substituting, it's Target. Fair. You know, <laughs> you know what I saw, subject did you teach when you were? I taught high school like theater, English, oh. language arts stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I taught 
ongoing workshops for many, many years. Yeah, and uh, it, well, I'm even on the ship sometimes, um, like you, you guys do sometimes you you know you'll do your workshop mm -hmm. and then i'll do i've done one before you guys or yeah. after you guys you know t like a talk absolutely about, yeah so um but i haven't thought about you know what i would i mean i've thought about what i would do if, if that didn't happen in part one of my things was you know i i just said well i'll go back to school see sure what happens, so. which you already did which i already did and <laughs> i still have two years left so Oh, it's amazing. Uh, do you have like uh, anything you want to plug, like YouTube videos, websites? Obviously, your book. Yeah, but it, I don't sell my book online yet. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way. Uh, I would like to figure out how to, how to get it on as an ebook mm -hmm. and have people purchase it if they're interested, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, my, my agent's website is comedyproductions.com. Okay. Uh, I'm on there and they can, you know, get in touch with me and stuff like that. Um, but no, I mean nothing particular to plug. Yeah. Other than you know, I'm glad that that they're listening. Sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like young young people starting out, or not even young people, but just yeah. anyone who's starting out is like, oh, I've got to put all these YouTube videos up, and I've got a website, and I've got this, and yeah. go here and go here. Yeah. But you're like, you've been doing this so long, and you're like, I don't need to do all that to get a gig. So. Yeah. Well, you know, you can put up YouTube videos all day long, you know, and and some will hit, and some. And some won't. Sure. But you know, a, a YouTube video, a ten-minute YouTube video, does not make a live performance. You know, you can be very, very talented. You could be a great singer, a great comic, or you could be very funny, mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things. It's like you know, you know who should be a comic. I hear this a lot. You know, who should be my a comic is my brother. He's <laughs> so funny. He cracks me up all the time, and that's great. I know a lot of people who are very, very funny. Put them on a stage and tell them to create an act, and that's a whole different thing. So it's like that with YouTube videos or stuff. And I don't dismiss them, it's just that I think that those, that they can tend to be a bit overrated. Yeah. You know, um, you sometimes I used I ran a comedy club for a while in Denver, uh, George McKelvey's old club, and we used to look at, at tapes and we would, we'd watch a little bit of the tape and then fast forward. And watch more, and then fast forward and, and watch more because the, anyone can be funny in their first five minutes, but it's when they're at 25 and 30 and 35 minutes, are they still sustaining it? Yeah. You know, and that's the key. Totally. So awesome. Jeff Arms, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Rich. Uh, My pleasure. All right. Living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. The email is livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. The fan page is facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Please take a minute to rate the show on iTunes or leave a comment. It means a lot to help me get awareness of the show out there, get more people listening. Thanks so much for listening, by the way. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.